0: Alright, no screw me. No. Yep.
1: Okay. That's fine.
0: We'll be all right. <sighs> it's fine, I guess. I mean it's Whatever. not
1: fine, but it's something we can work through and get on the other side of eventually.
0: Yep. It's the problem with the the spleen, you know. Comes through when it needs to, not when we need it. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know if that's the that's not the case.
1: <laughs> no, I like that. I like that.
0: Greetings, listeners. Welcome on in to the Nostalgia Pit, a podcast aiming to dissect pop culture, the subconscious, and other psychological phenomena through a hyperbolic and prismatic lens. Hosted by Rob Snow and Colin Cassard, mixed by Alex Riddle, and songs produced by Golden Beats, The Nostalgia Pit is available anywhere you find your podcasts. What's happening, folks? How's your day going? Is it not going well because you've been wrapped up in a web of existential dread? Does that dread come from not knowing what Tutti Frutti by Little Richard is about? I mean, I've lost dozens of hours of sleep just wondering, what the hell is he talking about? Well, if I was just describing you or someone you know, then you're in luck, or they're in luck. Rob and Colin get out the flippers, grab the scuba gear, and go a spelunking. That's right, it's song spelunker season. They also talk bikini baristas, Brad Dorif, and the difference between contract and serial killers. At this time, we want to thank our sponsor, Selena Flores Photo, a multidisciplinary photographer specializing in portraits, lifestyle, and event photography. Celebrating over 20 years in the game and with a brand new studio in Portland, Oregon, you can receive 10% off your first booking when you mention this ad. Make sure to check them out on Instagram, at Selena Flores Photo, all one word. Links in the description. And if you enjoy what we're doing here at The Pit and would like to support us further, check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash the nostalgia pit. we got a merch store too, etsy.com slash shop slash the nostalgia pit to cop a t-shirt. It's got our faces on it. Maybe it doesn't have our faces on it. Most of them do because we're narcissistic. Welcome to the Narcissism Pit. That's right. Alrighty then, let's get into it. Big Rich and Little Richard. So I got to drive to California tomorrow. Is that the thing? That's Selena's thing? It's for Selena's thing. So apparently there's supposed to be 24 to 40 inches in the Cascades. Ooh, that's a big old donk. Yeah. But they say only three to six inches in the past that we're driving through. But you know how that could change.
1: I do know, actually. Hash, okay? I don't appreciate the way you kind of it to me right there.
0: Uh, I'm sorry. Not really, but, you know, I'm just saying it to appease you. <laughs> Good.
1: That's all I demand is for people to fake things around me and to coddle my ego. That's all I ask. Is it that fucking hard, dude? Nope.
0: That's why I'm doing it. It's, cause it's easy. Thank you. Yeah. You're the only one that understands. Someone needs to be coddled. That's
1: the only reason I'm on this podcast at all. Period.
0: Would you, do you want to be coddled more or curdled
1: <laughs> I'm white dude, I can't help but be curdled. Yep, the UV rays destroy my skin. I'm going to Oh, that's true. age like skim milk. There's nothing I can do about well, it. Well, so
0: am I abnormal? Am I abnormal then because I I bronze? Uh, I'm white that bronzes? You lucky bastard. That's the red hair. You lucky son of a gun. You have that northern European complexion <sighs>
1: from fucking
0: Sweden or something.
1: Speed. Scandinavia. Scan. Goddamn. Sc- p- 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 raping and pillaging. And now here I am. Great job, Scandinavia. Now you get to have your little socialist utopia now that you've already done all your raping and pillaging. <laughs> Fuck you. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Scandinavian listeners, the many of them that are out there, I didn't mean to offend anybody. And I apologize. I take it back. I'm just in a surly
0: mood, okay? Sir Bruce Lee, uh, why are you surly? You just happy with the the state of things? You, you excited about that <laughs> Elon Musk video of him yelling at Bob Iger?
1: Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't see that. Is this the same one where he's like, I hope. I'm glad advertisers are leaving, actually. Yep. You know what? Yeah. You know what? I don't want advertisers anyway. And the guy's like trying to reason with him and be reasonable. And he's just like, no, you know what? Fuck you. Guess what? Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a child. And then it's hilarious. He's such a divisive figure that like the reactions were like either like, God, what a fucking idiot. Or like, oh, man, he's the man. He doesn't let anybody control him, dude. It's so amazing. He's such a maverick. Like, God, get his dick out of your mouth. Look at, just objectively look at the man. He's pathetic. Like, come on, bro. He's just like playing this victim mentality. He's a billionaire playing a victim mentality or like a victim cosplay. He's like cosplaying as a martyr. Dude, you're a billionaire. Shut the fuck up. You're doing this to yourself on purpose. And then you're like acting like you're the victim of something. You're not. You're not. You're just saying dumbass shit all the time. That's intentionally polarizing. And yeah. then when advertisers are like, "Whoa, Jesus Christ, I can't have be attached to this," he's like, "They're trying to control my speech, bitch. You own a fucking platform. How are you being controlled? Like you're a billion. Oh, anyway. What an idiot! So, what did he yell at Bob Iger? How, did he really oh, no, yell? I think
0: that was the same thing. I oh, think it was okay. like the same. He's either responding to Bob Iger or Bob Iger's questioning him or something like I don't know. I don't. Know. I don't really pay attention.
1: People who are very powerful, politically and like historically, go out of their fucking way to the nth degree
0: to play victim. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So I know you're not a sports fan, but nope. this, I think I want to I say Jim Ursay is his name. I think he's a billionaire owner of the Indianapolis Colts NFL team. I didn't but, know that was a team. Yeah. Uh, they used to be the Baltimore Colts, and then they moved around a little bit. I don't know, but they're in India. I don't know. Um, but he got picked up, this is a couple of years back, with some, you know, like $20,000 in cash and a bunch of opiates. Oh, shit. And, you know, he got pulled over for, like, a DUI or something like that. And so people bring it up, you know, a lot to, to slash down his credibility. But recently he, I don't know what exactly the context was, but he essentially said he was being profiled for being a white billionaire. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: That's what I'm saying, bro. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, you're like, oh, they. Had, it's just like crazy. It's like you'll have a Netflix, you'll be in the middle of a fucking Netflix special that you were paid like a million dollars for, and be like, oh, I can't say anything nowadays. Like, dude, how unself-aware are you? Like, this is crazy. Like, I don't understand the world nowadays. And I get like. On the other side of it, you know, there's a bunch of, like, boomers or wannabe boomers. Like, people who are so eager, just so desperate to step into boomers' shoes and be like, "Ah, the world nowadays is so confusing. So I'm basically like that, you know what I mean, on the other side of it. Because I'm like, I'm so confused by now, by the world today. Like, I'm so goddamn confused, bro. I don't know what anybody, it seems like the lowest effort content is the shit that gets the most play. And it seems like the people who are the most politically privileged and socially privileged are the ones that have to fucking bend over backwards and do acrobatic ass gymnastics in order to be a fucking victim
0: somehow. It's like, man. Anyway, we're starting now. They're acrobatic, though, because they are grabbing that rung and they're somehow convincing people. And when I say somehow, the reason is because they have a lot of money. And they can pay for the media <laughs> to represent them however they want.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, A, you know what I'm learning as I'm getting older? What are you learning? And I'm late to the game probably on this realization, but... How late? Probably, probably like centuries late. But humans are cult-oriented. That's that's how we socialize. That's how we like organize st- social structures is cults you know what i mean we we form little cults around everything like you know hey our listeners are part of a little cult you know what i mean we're all part of little cults all over the place anyway so we're very cult oriented and so people become acolytes to these 45
0: and 26x (laughs) to these cult
1: leaders like these billionaires you know what i mean who are you know, especially the ones that are, like, public-facing, like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. You know, they form little cults and there's acolytes and, you know. And also the the whole, like, prosperity gospel shit, like y'all, you know, you, you Spike and Shroom were talking about. You know, the prosperity gospel type of thing seeps in a lot where it's like, well, I mean, if I have a billion dollars, clearly the gods have blessed me. And clearly I'm meant to have that. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me more than you because I have yeah. more money.
0: Yeah, so clearly, mm-hmm. it's obvious. It's obvious. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you don't see it because I see it. It's very clear. It's cl- I'm clear. I'm a cleric because I see clearly now. The rain is. Gone.
1: I can see clearly now. Jesus loves me more than you because I have more money than you do.
0: That's that's the lyrics.
1: I don't have any of the obstacles facing the poverty stricken.
0: So those are the actual lyrics. And then the produce there were a couple producers that said, I think you have to simplify it. And those people are burning in hell right now because they they struck down the word of God.
1: That's that's exactly right. That's right.
0: In order for the record to sell more, but in truth, if it was truthful, it might have not been, you know, as rhythmically good, right? But it would have had the word of God in it. So
1: Yeah, these unpious motherfuckers, man. I know. What do you want? Catchy. Or fucking Word of God. Yeah. Because you can't have both,
0: all right? Can't have both. They don't go together. No, they don't. You think God speaks in rhyme? Come on.
1: You know, I revisited... Have you seen Midnight Mass? No. Uh, Oh, man. Look, I'm not going to do my normal thing and immediately spoil every single thing about it. (laughs) Spoil it. Because I would really like you to watch it. It's so good. It's Mike Flanagan who did... I don't know who that is. He did Gerald's Game, Haunting of Hill House,
0: Haunting of Bly Manor... Fall of the House
1: of Usher. It's called Midnight Mass.
0: And I'm assuming and it's a horror movie based off of all the other Yeah, uh, well, it's a yeah.
1: horror limited series, but it each of his series sort of like has like a different kind of theme, you know? And this one is specifically religion and uh, faith
2: hmm.
1: and cults. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Very fucking good. Very good. Mike Flanagan is is a goddamn look i'm not gonna get hyperbolic
0: he's a talented man
1: all right but yeah talks about Why are you leaving you know, out
0: the hyperbole all of a sudden we're like <laughs> we're like 80 episodes in and you're like no more hyperbole we've gone too we're done far. with that
1: all right we're <laughs> done with that even though we just went on all sorts of hyperbolic tangents just now
0: uh michael truco looks kind of like a, a knockoff tom cruise <laughs> uh, from an, from the angle that his Wikipedia page picture is, let's see which one is that. Carla Gugino.
1: Oh yeah, Michael Truco, Yeah, see, that's funny because when I saw him in House Fall of the House of Usher, I
0: didn't remember him from any of his other roles in Mike Flanagan stuff because he's got a forgettable face because he kind of looks like other. Uh, you know, he's also in that movie The Bye Bye Man.
1: Oh, I've never <laughs> seen that. Uh, uh,
0: but
1: he looks like when I saw him in House of Fall of Usher I was like or Follow of the House of Usher I was like yo that's like Christian Bale Benedict Cumberbatch Paul Rudd you know when you see him act you'll be like oh yeah totally
0: so the Follow of the House of Usher is also a Mike Flanagan series Either when you said it I immediately thought you were talking about the House of Gucci movie oh with like Adam Driver yeah I,
1: I've never seen that actually.
0: Oh. Is it good? Have, I. have you seen No, it? I heard it was horrible. Uh, I think it yeah, was it looked like a talent bomb. Uh, it was directed by someone who like it might have been Ridley Scott.
1: Yeah, somebody yep, like directed that. Directed by
0: Ridley Scott. Yep. Was it? Yeah.
1: He, yep. he again, back to our conversation on Ridley Scott. That man is all over the place.
0: He swings <laughs> that for the man fences. It's
1: so all over the place.
0: He's 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 swinging for a home run yeah. essentially every time. And a lot of the times he is
1: Whiffing it so
0: far gone. <laughs> it's like, dude, that was a that was a curveball in the dirt, and you just you just swung at it.
1: I know he is the most inconsistent director as far as like, well, actually, as far as style and as far as like whether I like it or not, which is a very important metric for all directors.
0: Yeah. By the what way, what about um, Darren Aronofsky?
1: Darren Aron, I like saying his name. Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aaron, Darren Aaron, Darren Aaron, Darren Aronofsky is very consistent in style and tone. I feel like, or pretty consistent. But as far as me well, liking it,
0: yeah, a lot of his shit is pretty mid, in my opinion. He's a lot more consistent than a lot of other uh, directors are. A tour. But <laughs> that being said, I think his movies are like pretty hit or miss. Like in in a similar sense, as Ridley Scott. Like I feel like Ridley Scott doesn't really make mid movies. He either makes like a pretty good movie or a pretty trash movie. I mean, Alien Covenant, <laughs> I guess, could be considered mid. Yeah,
1: it's pretty mid, right?
0: Well, I don't know. It wasn't. Bad. I like it, but you know, I also I'm not looking at it for like. I don't think it's good. Yeah. No, I don't. Actually, I would say American Gangster is almost a mid movie. Wait, wait,
1: what? American Gangster with, Russell,
0: with Denzel. With so well, that's the thing about is that it the is one? Denzel is really yeah. good in it. Russell Crowe, really good in it, but there is some casting and I, me and Hunter talked about it, but like T.I. in that role where he's supposed to be like a pitcher, like that's going to be good enough to play for the Yankees, but then decides he wants to hang out with his uncle Frank. Oh yeah. Yeah. Common is, you know, not the best common, you know, he can, he can act periodically, but he's not the best in it. There are just like some roles in Hmm. it and like some moments in it where it's just like, what is really happening?
1: I would love to revisit that movie because I
0: seem to remember it being extremely good, but I, I don't really remember it. It's good, but it's also not as good as I think a lot of people thought it was.
1: Also, in that movie, Carla Gugino, who's Gugino. in all of Mike Flan- Gugino, who's all in all of Mike Flanagan's shit, or most yep. of them. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry? Sorry!
0: Gugina. Gugino! Gugino! Yeah, he released two movies in 2021, and they both seemed kind of trashy. Last Duel and House of Gucci. Oh, yeah. But now he's got uh, the new one, Napoleon. Oh, God. Do you want to see that?
1: Hell no. I don't fucking have any interest in watching some biopic about Napoleon, for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Joaquin Phoenix is going to kill it. Like, he's good in everything. Yeah,
0: but... this is going to be one of those things where I'm sure he's going to be a good actor. But do you care? No. No. At all. Not. Yeah, uh, I've told you how I feel about period pieces. You know, sometimes they're really hit or miss for me, where they're either really good or I'm extremely annoyed. Yeah. And uh, let's just say I don't have the bandwidth for this one. And after Mm. The Last Duel, I don't know if I really care to see that again. Although I'll probably see Gladiator 2, even though, you know. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Dude, okay, so sequels that come like 20 years later, man. It's a dangerous game. I know. More often than not, it's sometimes it's brilliant, but yeah, it's a dangerous game. See, I really hope that the X Files they end up doing, <laughs> they don't have a Mulder and Scully, but they're just two new detectives. That's going to be a tough sell, man. No, no. See, if you you could do you could do a, a a good young actor duo that has good tension chemistry, but it's not too sexual, but it has to have tension. Yes. And dude, so I've been rewatching chemistry. the X Files again recently. You know, I started during Halloween. Such a great show. Started man. during Halloween, and I've been back in it. But season three, whew, is it good? Some heat, heat. Oh, like tension? No, no. Well, I mean, just that just good. I mean, there's episode. always there's always some sexual tension. I mean, <laughs> sexual, it's man. thick. It's palpable. David
1: Duchovny and Gillian Anderson. How are you not going to have sexual tension? Come on.
0: Exactly. No, uh, no. I'm saying the episodes. There's just amazing episodes in season three. The monsters of the week episodes are like in season three, they're almost all about like just kind of people in weird scenarios, not less like about like, you know, some mutant monster or something weird like that, you know? But you got like the Jake Gyllenhaal, or I'm not Jake Gyllenhaal, you have the Jack Black and Giovanni Ribisi episode. That's really good. You have a, I don't even remember that. There's an episode where Ryan Reynolds dies before the credits hit. There's like there's some really fucking good episodes too. Each one is like I know Brian Cranston is one of, in one of them. Yeah, he's not in season episodes. three. I haven't gotten to him yet. But I know which one you're talking about. That's the one. Where it's where he he his brain will explode if he stops yes. driving fast.
1: Yes, he has to drive as fast as possible, or he can't slow down anyway. That's such a crazy episode. That one like fucked with me when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, there's some there's some crazy episodes, and then the way that they show a lot of the deaths. Oh, dude, you know which one really fucked with me
1: when I was a kid really bad is do you remember the one? It was like an inbred family. Yeah, no, that one's
0: fucked up. It's called home,
1: dude. (laughs) Have we talked about that one? Because that's
0: so fucked up. Uh, That's like the hills have eyes. Essentially. Slipping in the darkness. That's so fucked up. Yeah. And they have like the one woman that they're like all breeding with. It's their grandma. Yeah. Or something. And she's like strapped between two like metal fences (laughs) and then like rolled under the bed and then rolled out when they need to feed her.
3: It's so
1: gross and weird.
0: I skipped that episode when I go through it. I think that's wise. It's so traumatizing. It's one of those. It's like, you know, as I was mentioning Aronofsky earlier, it's like I saw Requiem for a Dream once. I don't need to see it again. Yeah. That movie kind of sucked. Yeah. A lot of people were like, "Oh, it's so good, though! It's such a good art piece." It is good. Like, lo- you need to stop with that. It's not. It's a horrible, it over-the-top good. movie. No, it isn't. That's extremely over-the-top. It's good. over the top. It's it's over very very over-the-top. It's, it's very good. It's over the top, like Stallone in that arm wrestling movie. <laughs> wow, dude! Called <laughs> uh, called over the top. <laughs> Making some obscure ass references. Have you never seen Over the Top <laughs> like, with, no. <laughs> with Stallone? It's called Over the Top. You know what else I haven't seen though with Stallone? Nineteen eighty-seven. Oh, you're my bird. Yeah, the so year you were born, I was one. That's why I thought you would have seen it, <laughs> right when I came out, dude. Watched it. Yep, in <laughs> Just, the Your parents were like, "Look, <laughs> this is who you're going to emulate." <laughs> Sly.
1: You know what else I didn't? Sly watch in the Family Stallone.
0: Stallone is. Rhinestone. Rhinestone's great. <laughs> and by great, I mean, I mean it's it's highly entertaining. I've if you can't find, it.
1: I might have it. I'm getting some buzzing from. Cellular devices, so I put my f- phone into airplane mode because I'm a professional.
0: Okay, mine is doing that too. No, bzz, bzz. Bzz, bzz, bzz. we're professionals. We're just about uh, next episode, not this episode, but next episode will be the halfway mark of season three or three. I almost said Holy season 13, shit, bro. We're going mm-hmm. crazy. Yep, we're going crazy. I will say that, uh, you know. Gonna warn the audience. We are gonna take a short break between season three and season four. Yeah, we don't mean to throw you into turmoil here. Ah.
1: What will you do without ah. us in your yeah. ear holes? Two to
0: two to four weeks is the break. Two to four.
1: Two to four. Two to four. Two to four. Oh, oh, oh my god, have we talked about this before? What? Who was the man? who was doing terrible covers of Little Richard songs. He did Tutti Frutti. <laughs> oh my God. In, it was basically like a colonizer type situation where they were like, damn, that man writes a good song, but we can't have a black man sing to white people. So they got a white dude to come in and do covers of it. And he's like, Tutti fruity on Rudy, tutti fruity on Rudy, tutti fruity on Rudy. It's like the most horrific shit. My coworker Cliff, uh, DJC before, he showed me that shit and I was like, oh my fucking God, this is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Is it
0: Gary Moore? Does that sound correct? It might be.
1: It might be. There was also like a TV movie about Little Richard, and, and that was like dramatized in there. And then it traumatized viewers. And listeners of a whole generation were inadvertently traumatized by listening to that absolute fucking colonizer trash. I couldn't believe it. It was such just blatant garbage. It was crazy. Tootie Fruity on Rudy.
0: Tootie Fruity on Rudy. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who it is. Oh, Pat Boone. Pat Boone. Pat fucking Boone. Terrible. Just
1: fucking terrible, man. You should play it and laugh in disgust.
3: <laughs> Alright,
1: well it's not as bad as I was making it out to be But it's still
0: bad
2: as fuck
0: <laughs> It's like if Elvis did Little Richard she know just what to do but also it's like elvis. if elvis had less flavor exactly i was gonna say what but elvis to couldn't dance and did not have A thrust his pelvis been
3: to the west she's the gal that i love best oh yeah, this has
2: this the, the Lord of Soul. Oh ever. God. <laughs>
1: wow. Imagine having the unmitigated gall as Pat Boone to wear a black leather jacket. Like, take that <laughs> off, you son of a bitch. And put on your tuxedo. But isn't it like telling that in my mind it was like Tootie Fruity on Rudy? Like that's literally how I remember it, because it's that flavorless and bad. But they just straight up stole from Little Richard with that.
0: So, you know, I, I, I searched Pat Boone Tutti Frutti, and then, you know, it always does the people also ask. Oh, yeah. The first thing that people also ask is, why did Pat Boone sing Tutti Frutti?
1: Yes. Agreed.
0: <laughs> and Good question. The, the snippet that comes up, Boone himself admitted that he did not wish to cover Tutti Frutti because, quote, it did not make sense to him. <laughs> However, the producers persuaded him into making a different version by claiming that the record would generate attention and money.
1: And it did. I'm sure of it. (laughs) Ridiculous, man. Like, it's funny because, like, back then, you know, like, there's a lot of music that people just don't get. Like, just don't understand. There's a lot of music I don't get and understand. And it's like the answer is, well, it's just vibes, bro. Like, Tootie Fruity was was just vibes back then. Straight vibing. But if you couldn't catch Lil' Richard's energy off of that, and, like, if you can't, if you can't become inflamed with the passionate sparks thrown off by Lil' Richard's energizing performance, then you're not a human being, man. You got no blood in your veins.
0: He's so energizing.
1: And he was a hoe. He was just a righteous hoe, man. Just had so much fresh
3: styles. You know what I'm saying,
0: dude? so many styles well you know we just did it last episode but we're gonna have to do one again
3: ladies and gentlemen gather round you're about to be witness to a special treat the nostalgia pit crew is about to go a song spelunkin they're gonna grab the pickaxes and the shovels and those hats with the little lights on them because they're about to do a deep dive Look at the lyrics to some of these songs and figure out just what in the golly gee heck is going on with those wild and crazy lyrics from the songs these days. So without further ado, here's Rob and Colin. They're going to take you a song spelunking.
0: Yes. So we're going to song spelunk Tutti Frutti. And I'm going to get high about it. You're going to smoke some weed about it. I feel like I should probably smoke some weed about it too.
1: If we're gonna do a song, on Tutti Fruity, I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna I'm go so through excited. it here. Uh, uh, we're gonna, you're gonna give me a 90 second break, and then, because uh, I can't smoke in my house, because I'm a nice man. Oh, but uh, I also have a couple other things that I want to talk about besides Tooty Fruity, Ah Al Rudy. Uh, All right, well, let's get him out of the way real quick, and then no, 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 we're gonna do Tooty Fruity first, but then I have to tell you about <laughs> a local business, and then I have to give you a. Uh, Collins reviews.
1: Oh, oh my god, a new segment or something, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not though. We'll see
3: how it goes. Do
1: the fruit at Oh root I do the fruit root unruly. The energy was unmatched ever could possibly match the energy of the littlest Richard. <laughs> little dick. He was the first little dicky.
0: Do you want to sit on the toilet for two hours at work, but you don't want your boss to think otherwise? Well, now, with this feces-scented Febreze... You can spray it in the bathroom at work and your boss will knock on the door asking where you've been for the last hour and you open it up and he gets hit with a waft of nice fresh fungal feces and he won't question that your gut might be in disarray, okay? So you can now spend as much time on your phone scrolling TikTok in the bathroom at work Getting paid, and no one will question you twice with new feces for breeze. Feast Breeze. Available now, Stormer.
3: I got a girl named Sue,
1: and she knows just what to do. I got a girl named Sue, and she knows just what to do. Production note,
0: real quick. I like. I really like what you did last time on the last episode where we song spelunked Angel. Yeah, where you came up. Well, you did the song facts afterward. Oh, so yeah. so I read the I read the lyrics and stuff, and we still comment on them and everything. And then you hit with the facts at the end. How about that? There we go. I love it. So we can you know actually debunk debunk it. I think you actually first did that with. Uh, Or maybe it was me with uh, Around the World by the Chili Peppers when we found out that it was Flea's Daughter. Yeah, no, you,
1: I think you came up with that fact.
0: Well, I was trying to credit you, but you didn't even want the credits, so, you I don't want that
1: shit, dude. I don't want that shit, (laughs) Okay, so. Around the world, around the world.
0: We're going to song spelunk it. We're going to spelunker. Song spelunk. Before we get into these lyrics, I want to give a podcast happy birthday to Selena Flores. Happy birthday, Selena. Is it really her birthday, for real? Uh, It was on Monday. But when you hear this, you should reach out to her and say, Happy birthday to you. No, I prefer the happy birthday, Mr. President version. Happy birthday to you. It's
1: not bad. Happy birthday, dear Selena.
0: about that well now you can say you got her a gift it's all i can afford the gift is singing sinking sinking i yes. will sink you sunk i think you sunk all right i so think you sunk you like it tutti fruity. yep by l richie yeah okay okay <clears throat> first off there's a couple different lyrics a couple differences between the Pat Boone version and the, uh, and the Little Richard version.
1: Yeah, I have no doubt, because I'm sure that, quote unquote, white audiences wouldn't appreciate some of the content, you know, unquote, quoted. Uh,
0: uh, well, we'll, well, we'll find out, okay? But just, just to, to start it out, so the first line by Little Richard is, Wop, bop, aloo, bop, alop, bom, bom. Right. Okay. Okay. Yep. A very popular saying mm-hmm. in that time. Yep. Exactly. Uh well, however, Pat Boone decided to change that. Okay. <laughs> Try to tone it down for the conservatives. That's a little, you know, salacious. He said a bop bop, a loo mop, a lop uh, bop bop. Sure. Okay. Please sure, Pat. note the differences. Okay. <laughs> It's a creative effort that Pat decided to do, changing the lyrics to Little Richard. Yeah. But the next part is, you know, consistent in both. It is uh, Tootie Frutti, Oh Rudy. Oh Rudy, stop. So, <clears throat> let's, let's talk Mondagreens here real quick, because as a child...
1: <laughs> what did you think?
0: Well, I thought he was saying, like, Oh Rudy. Maybe the girl's name is Rudy. Rudy yeah. could be one of those, you know, names that's, uh, you know... Yeah, it could be Gertrude, right? exactly i don't know right are we still making gertrudes
1: no you know we've gone back to older names or at least for a while gertrude's kind of a dope name and gertrude would be in there but i've never heard that as a modern name but like people were doing like i know people who did old names like opal eloise that kind of thing
0: yeah those are kind of modern-ish you know
1: yeah, like it's coming back. They used to be mm-hmm. old names. Now I want Gertrude,
0: back. Edna, Ethel. Yeah, yeah. Where are they you at? Let Let's bring some like eighteen hundreds women's names back. Yeah, man. Let's like, go. Was, remember when we did the episode on the female serial killer? What was her name? Oh yeah, like she had a name. She did have a name. That is. A there fact. were a couple names. There were a couple names in in that story. We need to just find more eighteen hundreds stories. There were some
1: good ones. Just
0: for the names. Where's a Zephrem? You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying.
1: Obadiah. Okay, where's
0: an Obadiah? So, I thought he was saying Tutti fruity oh Rudy." Okay? Wait,
1: <clears throat> you thought that's what he said?
0: Yeah, like and then he was like, "Oh Rudy." Isn't that what he said? He says Tutti fruity oh Rudy." Yes, but Rudy is R O O T I E. Oh. Now, okay, is that like
1: slang for some sex act or something or you know?
0: Uh, that's what I w- am curious
1: about. Because 1950s- in Australia, they say you rooted her, meaning you fucked her. I might have yeah. I might have brought that up on the
0: podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You before. gave her your root. You know, yes. you got rooted. Yes, brings a whole so- new meaning to the band the, the Roots. Right. <laughs> yes. They're just the dicks. <laughs> They're just the dicks. <laughs> that's man. a funny concept. Yeah. When they tour in Australia, what kind of crowd are
1: they? <laughs> I bet there's a lot of jokes <laughs> from middle school Australian boys.
0: Oh, yeah, you probably like the roots. <laughs> you could say it in an Australian accent.
1: <laughs> I don't know. That's a difficult sentence to say in an Australian. You got to start with the primer sentence, you know? Like, what's What's the primer sentence? Well, I always say, I actually, every day in my life, I say, oh, I don't know. You know, just like anyway, just in my say, life. Okay, so
0: I'll say, oh, I don't know. You probably like the roots.
1: Oh, I don't know. Probably like the roots. Yeah, something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, oh, there you go. Oh, that's good. I don't fucking it. know. Put on your Australia hat, your South Pacific hat. It's a cowboy hat. Yeah. Okay. So well, this is a very long article about the term Rudy. Oh
1: wow! Okay, it was like a fucking academic (laughs) dissertation on
0: nope. Well, it said Rudy was in there. What is Rudy?
1: I thought it was a name as well. I can't believe it's uh, not. That's mind
0: blowing. Okay, so odd Rudy. Was a slang expression meaning "all right," according oh. to Charles Connor, Little Richard's drummer. The original lyrics were, "The original <laughs> lyrics, okay. Well, no, no. We'll look into that later, okay? Because that's a whole other thing. I don't want to give anything away. I had okay. to know what Rudy meant, though. So yeah. Rudy meant all right, and so there are some original lyrics we'll look at uh, here in a yeah, minute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Tootie Fruity, oh Rudy. Tootie Fruity, oh Rudy. Tootie yeah. Fruity, oh Rudy. Tootie yeah, yeah. Fruity, oh Rudy. Okay." Yep, and then uh, once again he says tutti frutti, oh, Rudy, and then oh, okay. and then here we go: a wop bop, a lu bop, oh shit, a lop bop ba,
1: oh shit. So slightly different, oh, okay? Oh shit,
0: yeah. So in this one we Change added a, an uh on uh, before it wop, <laughs> you know. But again, if it, we go it all makes the, a difference, we go back to the Pat Boone version. It's a bop bop, oh, a loo man. mop, a lop bop bop. That sounds like racism to me. You know what? Here's my
1: fucking hot take. <laughs> Fuck Pat Boone. That's my hot take. Yeah, Wow. Yeah. I'm not going to let advertisers boycott me into saying other shit than what I mean. I'm not going to have anybody control my speech. Fuck Pat Boone. Okay. Fuck you, Bob Iger. Go (laughs) ahead. (laughs)
0: Okay. The lyrics now, as we heard you singing earlier in the episode, I got a gal named Sue. She knows just what to do. Oh, she sure do. I got a gal named Sue. She knows just what to do. So You know, you know what? Say
1: it again, little Richard. That's say it one more Somet- time.
0: Sometimes he's just really excited about Sue. Yeah. He's got to tell the world. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. I mean, that happens in all sorts of movies. They're talking about sex. Yeah. You know how you sound a little bit like when you do that? What? Who? The X-Files episode where the dude is channeling the dead that's about to go. He's on death row. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Uh, the episode is called, oh, it's Beyond the Sea is the <laughs> oh, name of the okay. episode. Is that what oh, it is? Yeah. Beyond the Sea, X-Files, the cast. Let me pull it up real quick. I got a girl. Dude's ass off. He also plays He, he plays Grima uh, Wormtongue.
1: Oh, wait, what? Wait.
0: Who's Wormtongue? Brad, Brad Dorif. Oh, Brad Dorif. You sound a little like
1: Brad Dorif, Dude, Brad Dorif is the man. He's in Deadwood. He is Chucky himself. He's in Star Trek Next Generation. Have you seen his X-Files episode? My bad. I'm an idiot.
0: Have you seen his X-Files
2: episode? I don't know.
0: Probably. Probably. What do you mean probably? Probably. I've probably seen every
1: single X-Files episode.
0: Season one, episode 13. Go back and watch it. It's a pretty fucking good episode. Dude, they start out hot in season one. All I can say, <laughs> I know it's thirteen. You know that's only halfway through the season. Is that the one that's set in Oregon? No, maybe uh, I don't know. But this one's like he's in prison most David of the time. David Duchovny says Oregon. Oregon. And
1: I always thought that was funny, but I guess it's no different than
0: me saying New
1: New Orleans.
0: Yep. Yeah. But he is from Maryland, or I'm sorry, uh, Massachusetts. Technically, Brad Dorf. Red Dorif. Yeah. Dorif. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. <laughs> you're you're close. You're close. You're you're I'm reminding me close. of him. No, what
1: the fuck? That's not anywhere close. Oh, go watch the episode. And, and
0: it'll 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 help you own in. Okay. I know.
1: I could try to do a Chucky, but like he's not like Chucky all the time. No.
0: Okay. So once again, two times. Say it. Something nice. Say it twice or whatever. I don't know how <laughs> to <what's the> say. <same. laughs> But he's got a gal named Sue, and she knows just what to do. Okay, She rocks to the east. She rocks to the west. Right. But she's the gal that I love best.
1: Okay. So she makes the sex good Mm -hmm. by rocking back and forth from side to side. Maybe he has a curved dick. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Could be. That's why she goes from (laughs) side to side instead of up
0: and down or back and forth. Wow.
1: I don't know. It's (laughs) very
0: descriptive. Mm -hmm. We are spelunking this. <laughs> Into orifices. I'm speculating, Just dude. Speculating, man. Recklessly. Recklessly speculating. Well, yeah, she rocks to the east, she rocks to the west. She's the gal that he loves best. He's screaming it from the rooftops because he's tootie fruity. He's oh Rudy. He's tootie you know fruity, he he's oh Rudy. That's so true. Ooh, An important note. Tootie Fruity, o rudy Tootie Fruity, o rudy Once again, uh, and then once again, a wop bop, lu bop, a lop bomb, bomb.
1: Yeah, that marks the end of of one vignette and the beginning of another and now whom shall we talk about this time
0: uh yeah because you know as men like little richard do you know they well <clears throat> as the the uh protagonist in the song yes uh does you know yes he's moved on you know sue she knew just what to do but you know she clearly wasn't the one as they nobody like
1: was the best uh but she was, was the best was his favorite you know but well, but you know what what's what what's next
0: whom so oh that's that's a good point so Who's the next candidate she, she's the gal that he loves best yes. but now there's a girl named daisy oh right she almost drives me crazy almost almost not quite almost not like sue not like sue he's still in love with sue but daisy's driving him crazy okay almost almost not quite almost <laughs> it's
1: very close but
0: Not really. And just in case you missed it, okay, he's got a gal named Daisy. She almost drives me crazy, okay?
1: But wait, I already kind of forgot. Does he bring it up again, who this is and what she does? Because I kind of forgot a
0: little bit. Well, what she does, no. We don't know what Sue did either. You know, the occupation of the women doesn't really seem to be, you know, tied to their- What she does to him, though. Oh, what she does to him. Am I going to find out what she does to him? Uh, Well, she knows how to love me. Yes, indeed. Oh, okay. That's nice. It's wholesome. Is that a does that mean marital coitus or a non-marital coitus? I think it's extramarital or extramarital. That's the question. Because either extramarital or a marital. You know what I mean? Well, he didn't necessarily get married to Sue, right? Even though he knows who she, you know, even though she rocks to the east to the west. Maybe she. Oh, oh! Here's it. Here's you were saying. Maybe she rocks back and forth on his, um,
1: on his curve, Richard,
0: on his. Back and forth. Or
1: uh, side yeah.
0: to side. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. But he maybe he's actually saying she rocks to the east, she rocks to the west. She's a flight attendant. Oh! And she's gone a lot of the wow. time. Or she works, you know, like, you know, she's just a working woman and he loves her, but she's not always there. That's
1: crazy. She's, yeah. So he has to, you know, find his, you know, jollies so elsewhere. Maybe
0: this is, the song's about, maybe it's about an open relationship.
1: Yeah, see, man, this is why we do this. I'm just saying these kinds of res- revelations.
0: We're unlocking the meaning. <laughs> we so are. she knows how to love me. Yes, indeed, boy, you don't know what she do to me. Well, I kind of do because you sort of
1: explained it a little bit. I mean, well, I don't know all the details, so I guess maybe that's what you're I mean.
0: About. There's, you know, you can allude, but you, you know, without being lewd. You know what I mean? Ooh. <laughs> Uh, you know what right? I mean? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I figure you do. But so, you know, he's bragging. He's like, yo, yeah. you don't know what this chick is doing <laughs> to me.
1: You wish you even fucking could imagine what she's capable of in the back seat of my 57 Dodge.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop. I can't get too specific about the period because I don't know anything about it. Well, this song was released in nineteen fifty-seven. So, you know. That's right. Dodges what did, did exist in yeah, nineteen fifty-seven. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you didn't say you didn't give us car make and model, you know? <laughs> you don't get that Just a make. specific. When was Dodge when did Dodge start? That'd be funny uh, if it was later.
1: A fifty-seven Dodge pickup, baby. Actually, that's like one of my favorite looks for a car. Other than the boxy nineties Bronco, as we've discussed, I believe. Yep. Possibly.
0: Possibly. Did you fall in love with it? Did OJ make you fall in love with it?
2: <laughs>
0: and you were just like, this is what stands up to the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we learned about Sue. So we learned about Daisy. Yeah. Uh, but once again, tutti frutti, all rudy. Right. right so right, once right, again, right. um, tutti frutti, mm-hmm. uh, uh, all right is essentially the translation. Yeah. We're leaving yep. the 1950s. Homosexual, all right. Potentially.
1: It's a slang Potentially, for Potentially,
0: you know. But did that slang uh, term exist in the mm, 50s, or is that later than question, the 50s? That's a good question, man.
1: I don't know. So we might that. have
0: to look up the etymology. I mean, at
1: uh, some point it came into
0: existence. But I don't know, some point. Middle school boys started running with it. But, <laughs> yeah. so Tutti Frutti, already, ooh, Okay. Tutti Frutti oh, Rudy. Two more times. And then wop bop aloo wop. Aloo bop. Ow. Yes. So we're kind of changing it each time to
1: denote the change in vignette. Yep. To let, every, let the listener know that we're moving on to the next scenario, which I assume this one is about another woman of a different name. But I could be wrong. Let's see. I
0: think actually, you know what you're saying is logical. Do the fruit it? Oh no! It follows a a path, you know, of logic and 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 building up. I know that's that's. I'm
1: seeing the pattern. You know what I'm saying?
0: You actually are wrong. You want to know why?
1: It's not like I got a girl named Dorothea. (laughs) You know, she really be uh... (laughs) a. Well, see, but then you have to finish that anyway. Whatever. Go ahead. Sorry. I got a girl named Theodora.
0: Maybe. Dorothea. (laughs) Dorothea is a good one. Just the way you inflected it, Dorothea. (laughs) Okay, no, he decided at this point, Mm -hmm. more than halfway through the song, Mm -hmm. that he needed to change it up a little bit and he was going to double up the hook. That's right, he does the hook again. Oh my
1: God! See, that's what I'm talking about. This is just vibes.
0: This is vibes. So, but the thing, you know, you, logically, if we're thinking about it, if he was doing the hook again, that would probably mean he's, you know, fading out, you know, and then just going to kind of fade away.
1: Oh, gotcha.
0: You know, you'd think we're like, okay, we're wrapping up. It's just about two women. Okay. Right. So we got Tutti Frutti, Oh Rudy, Tutti Frutti, Oh Rudy, Ooh, Tutti Frutti, Oh Rudy. And Ooh. then uh, a, a Wop, Bop, a Lou Bop, uh-huh. a Lop, bomb bomb.
1: Okay. Okay. Back to bomb. We we did a bomb, so this is good. No, yeah. We're no.
0: Back. Bomb. Bomb is uh, uh, the first one. Yeah. So we're, then we're then okay. Bomb we're bomb back. Bomb, that was a and coda. Then it was bomb. That's called a coda. There's a bomb. Bomb. Baba. Bomb. 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 Oh. Bomb. Bomb. <laughs> bomb, bomb. Oh no 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 no. Uh, the last one's bam bomb. But oh, we'll I'm, I'm supposed. <laughs> all right, ahead of man. It, okay? It's getting Calm too down. complicated. <laughs> we gotta.
1: <laughs> I can't handle this.
0: Okay. It's all right. Is the song over? No, there's one more verse. Okay, so yeah, we brought it back. That's right. I got a gal named Daisy. She almost drives me crazy. That's right. right. We know. We already know, dude. What happened to Sue? Okay, where's Sue at, man? Did she die in a plane crash? Is that what the the fuck happened to your first wife, man? (laughs) Why does the second wife get two verse, man? I don't know why we turned, like, Southern. Like. I don't
1: fucking know what's <laughs> happening, dude. I mean, we're on the chitlin' circuit,
0: right? That's, uh... uh oh, yeah, that's right. You know? What's this song about, man? Come on. All right, well, he's got a gal named Daisy. She almost drives yeah, me crazy. Almost. pretty close. She knows how to love me, yes, indeed. Boy, you don't know what you do to me, Tutti Frutti O'Rudy. Oh, so, <clears throat> yeah, we've heard that story, little Richard. So let's say... Boy, you don't know what she do to me. So he's saying, "Dig into that line a little bit." He is saying mm-hmm. that something that is being done behind closed doors mm-hmm. might be kind of taboo. Yeah, but boy, does he enjoy it. Yeah, but he is can't he getting, tell you about it. But why can't he tell you about it? Is he getting? Is he getting pegged? Is
1: that what it is? I don't know. Huh? Is he getting his
0: secret? his secret flip switched so tutti frutti literally means wait tutti frutti in italian literally means all fruits tutti frutti yeah it's like a dessert right it's like a
1: cake or something or some sort of fruity dessert
0: oh yeah it is a colorful confectionery containing various chopped and usually candied fruits or is an artificial or natural flavored simulating many different fruits and vanilla. Here you go. You can get tutti frutti, you know, ice cream when you're in Italy or right? gelato. Tutti frutti gelato. Or sorbetto. Tutti frutti gelati. gelati. Gelati, tutti frutti. Okay. I'm done. done doing that. So now that we've gone through these lyrics, okay? That was it? That's it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he did, he did, he did it at the end. He did tutti frutti all ruddy. Woo. Tutti Fruity. all okay. Rudy. Tutti Frutti, all Rudy. You didn't
1: mention that. I don't want the listeners to be left hanging on the edge of their Touché. seat. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Know.
0: We got one you more know. line. It's a bop bop, a yeah. loom op, uh-huh. a lop bam boom.
1: Dude, I don't know how he could possibly remember all those variations of that, of that phrase. It's impressive. Oh,
0: wait. No, no, I'm sorry. That was Pat Boone. Oh, you son of a That dad. one was Pat Boone. What's wrong with you, man? I apologize. It's, but it's still a wop bop, a loo bop. A lop of bam, boom. God damn. I that. apologize. Would you look at that?
3: God damn it.
0: Okay. God damn it. God damn it. So, I'm going to dig into the, or do you have so. any song facts that you want to do or should I dig into like the extra meaning origin?
1: Well, uh, Richard, little Richard, as he's known, his na- real name was Richard Wayne Penniman. Okay? And as possibly a birth deformity, we don't know, Uh, one of his legs was shorter than the other. Which led to an awkward gait that he was made fun of for being too effeminate. Which is interesting because later he just fully leaned into it and you know, he was like one of the first queer icons, really. You know what I mean? Okay. And uh, he toured the Chitlin Circuit. For people who don't know, the Chitlin Circuit was like all the black clubs, you know? Because, it, it, you know, it was very segregated in the South at that time, especially. And Lil' Richard is cited as, like, one of the first crossover black artists reaching audiences of all races. And what we were talking about is, like, a lot of people covered a lot of his music because he was such a great writer. Elvis Presley, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, the Everly Brothers... Pat Boone, of course, as we've discussed, dude was a fucking icon, man. Hell yeah. And he was, you know, pretty, I think he was like pretty out about being, you know, not 100% straight, which was quite courageous at the time. That's more speculation, though. I think I've heard that.
0: Where did you hear it? Where did you hear it? Okay, so when they were touring the Chitlin' Circuit, as you were saying, Little Richard would sing "Wop Wop a Up, a good goddamn, and then "Tutti Fruity Good Booty." Uh, there you go. There's the good booty because that was but, the original. Oh wait, I'm not gonna spoil it. Go ahead. Well, either way, they knew it was gonna be a hit. When, but And they wanted to record it, but they knew that the lyrics with their minstrel, quote, minstrel modes and sexual humor, end quote, needed to be revised for local purity. Right. So they essentially knew it wouldn't sell with their, you know, raunchy club humor.
1: Oh, by the way, I would like to corroborate something I said earlier. He was very, he was, he was very out. Yeah, he was very out about being bisexual, being a queer artist. So yeah, he was like, one of the first, like, out and, uh, and proud, you know, queer icons.
0: So, the original lyrics in which Tutti Frutti referred to a homosexual man, this is quoting Wikipedia, were Tutti Frutti, good booty. If it don't fit, don't force it. You can grease it, and make it easy. <laughs> See, that's what they actually sang in the club, right? And that is, so that apparently was written in the 1984 novel. The life and times of Little Richard, the quasar of rock.
1: What a fucking icon, man! Also, the dopest style on the fucking planet. Dude had like this fat, big old pompadour at the time, I believe. Uh, later on, he had like pretty wild Jerry curl situation going on, but before that, he had a fat pompadour, and it just looked dope. And he always wore the coolest shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. So apparently, the lyrics, the original lyrics were. According to the drummer, "Tutti Fruity, Good Booty. If it's tight, it's all right, and if it's greasy, make it easy. It makes it easy." <laughs> is he wrong? See, I always heard the rumors, obviously, and people like making fun of it, like in middle school, like I was saying. But I haven't heard anything about this since then. No, you haven't. And so it's it's funny that there is actual root in it, and also it's not like why people always use that to like make fun of people is just so funny.
1: Yeah, if it's greasy. <sighs> You know, it, it, it does it does make it easier. He's just being factual. He's just telling the truth, man. You know, you don't have to like it. Yeah. I'm, but it's true. Lord,
0: Lord knows. That's why, you know, in the clubs it rang out true. You know? <laughs> These were all sexual night people. Yep. Yep.
1: He was uh, a little bit of a voyeur, apparently, in his uh hey, who isn't, okay? <laughs> just, just come on. He liked to uh drive around and and uh, watch people have sex with his girlfriend. I think.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess I take that back. A little. A little. That's not just a little bit of a voyeur. <laughs> yeah, I might have undersold it a little bit. He did undersell it. <laughs> all right. I don't know where you're sourcing all this, but yeah, I'm going to let you. <clears throat> <laughs>
1: or I guess they weren't okay.
0: Richard got involved in voyeurism
1: in his early 20s. A female friend would drive him around, picking up men who would allow him to watch them having sex in the backseat of cars. Richard's activity caught the attention of Macon police in 1955, and he was arrested when caught in the act. Cited on a sexual misconduct charge, he spent three days in jail and was temporarily banned from performing in Macon. Wow.
0: There you go got arrested for voyeurism. Did the other people get arrested for having sex? That's the question. Or was this just one of those like you can't watch that, sir. That's for <laughs> them and God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I mean, you know, seeing as how you could literally be jailed for having anal sex with a man at that time, who knows what he what the actual charge was, you know? It was probably just like immorality. <laughs> or oh yeah something, something vague. like
0: vague and like biblical <laughs> exactly that's fucking funny all right i'm gonna read a little bit off of uh wikipedia here it's possible evidence that the sex that the sexual song was created later one of the songwriters is quoted as saying little richard didn't write none of tutti frutti i'll tell you exactly how i came to write that i used to live in galt
1: <laughs> this dude's like no i wrote it
0: I used to live on Galvez Street and my girlfriend and I liked to go down to the drugstore and buy ice cream. One day we (laughs) went in and I saw this new flavor, Tutti Frutti. Right away I thought, boy, that's a great idea for a song, so I kept it in the back of my mind until I got to the studio that day. I also wrote the flip side of Tutti Frutti. I'm just a lonely guy and a spiritual blessed mother all on the same day. However, Phil Walden, co-founder of Capricorn Records, said that as a teenager, he had seen Little Richard perform an off-color version of Tutti Frutti before the song was ever recorded. (laughs) Labostri, the guy who was saying that he wrote it, was still receiving royalty checks on an average of $5,000 every three to six months from the (laughs) song in the 80s.
1: All right. Well, I guess that lends credence to his uh, allegation that his intellectual property was stolen.
0: It's my song. You can't have it. You can't
1: have it. Oh, no. But I just randomly read this. On May 4th, 1982, on Late Night with David Letterman, Richard said, God gave me the victory. I'm not gay now, but you know, I was gay all my life. I believe I was one of the first gay people to come out, but God let me know that he made Adam be with Eve, not Steve. So I gave my heart to Christ. Ouch, dude. What are you doing, buddy? Wow, unbelievable. Oh my God, in October 2017, Richard once again denounced homosexuality in an interview with the Christian Three Angels Broadcasting Network calling homosexual and transgender identity unnatural affection that goes against the way God wants you to live. Come on, man, the fuck, Rich? Fuck, Richie. You know what? I don't know if I'm a fan of Little Richard anymore. Well, those are inflammatory statements that I can't possibly agree with. Well,
0: you can still be a fan of his
1: music. That's true. I am actively. And, and right his now.
0: style, once upon a time. And then he turned into a boomer, sounds like. Apparently,
1: dude. He prayed he was the like, gay uh, away. God. Yeah, exactly. He prayed the gay away. Uh, so I wonder if he was like... With those kinds of situations, I always wonder, like, are you uh, are charlatan? Are you conning people? Or are you for real? Like, are you, did you really, like, all of a sudden realize that homosexuality is a sin? Or are you just fucking getting a little
0: extra cash from the, the churchgoers? I always wonder about that. I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, people reach a breaking point. And, a lot, and it could be like a midlife crisis in a way for some people.
1: Like all this gay activity is
0: stressing me out. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go straight, man. I gotta do it, little Richard. I mean, guilt is a powerful drug. You
1: know what I mean? That's true, especially when you are born into it and indoctrinated early. Like that shit yeah. isn't going anywhere. Like it's always there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You either got to cope with it or you got to give into it. There's only two options.
0: Okay, so <clears throat> kind of going off of that, it made me think of The Sopranos. Okay. You've seen The Sopranos, right? Of course I am. Of course I am. Of course I am. What do
1: I look like over? There? Come on, you think I ever shit <laughs> a fucking Sopranos? I don't know who that was supposed to be, but whatever, you get it. <laughs> Random
0: Italian man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Italian man. <laughs> that was Mario
0: Italian man. <laughs> uh, so I watched, uh, I mean, I was talking to someone recently and they hadn't seen The Sopranos. So I was like, oh, okay. So that's why I was like, was it you? Do I have to punch you? It wasn't me. sorry. You think I don't know about Gabagool and Mozzarella? Get out of here. So I watched the movie. Oh, yeah. I want to do that. The Many Saints of New York or Newark. So do you want to watch it and then we both talk about it? Yeah. Okay. I'll hold back on it then. Yes. Okay. Well, I got another movie. But I also want to talk about that. So that's called Curbing the Topic. So, you know, put that on the, the back burner. Curbing that it. a teaser, folks. We're curbing,
1: curbing it, it, but we're going to talk about it. So, hey, you go ahead, viewer or listener or audience member. You watch the movie. What's it called again? Sopranos. The Many Saints of Newark. It's on Netflix. Watch The mini Saints of Newark. And then at some point, we're going to talk about it. All of us. All of us together in the same room.
0: We're going to all watch. Together? I also have a movie we could talk about, too, at some point, but go ahead. All I can say is uh, before, you know, the last thing I'll say about the Many Saints of Newark is it's got John Barenthal in it. It's yep. got Joey Diaz. Mm. It's got Ray Liotta.
1: What? Shut your mouth. And it I makes can't some, believe it.
0: I'm not going to give away anything. I'm not going to tell you who those people play. But all I, no, don't look it up. Stop looking oh, it
1: up. OK, 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 OK. Uh, I was gonna how did you know? How did you know I was doing that?
0: I see your eyes. See your eyes moving. And I see the reflection in your <laughs> glasses. I was gonna look do. it
1: up. All right. I'm nope, not gonna
0: don't not gonna you gotta do go it. into it cold. You gotta go into it cold. All I knew when I, when I watched the movie Cold like a fish. Is that it's a prequel to the Sopranos. That's all right. I knew.
1: Yep. I know all I know about it is that Tony Soprano is like sixteen years old in it or something.
0: Younger. Maybe younger.
1: That's all I know about
0: it. Well, ac- well, no, younger and older,
1: and we get to see his uh, fucking his like uncles and shit. You know, it's gonna be great as young men. Young men. Who was that fucking guy who like had a weird aversion to licking pussy because he thought it would made him made him look weak?
0: Well, he didn't have an aversion to it. He really enjoyed it. And his oh,
1: but he was ashamed of it. He didn't want well, anybody because to know.
0: because it because yeah, he didn't want anyone to know because that's deemed effeminate.
1: That's what it is,
0: which makes no sense. <laughs> which makes no sense, fellas. Is licking pussy gay? <laughs> it's the gayest thing I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> well, it's on a it's on a ladder to gayness, you know. Like you get up on that rung of licking pussy, all of a sudden. Well, they all you know? they all
0: think that it's it's uh, on the pathway to gay, right? But also they think that it's the idea of like you doing for her is not like boss you know what i mean that's not what a boss does
1: and that is literally what sopranos is all about is is like trying to mask as this Mm -hmm. just trying to pretend that you don't have any insecurities and you don't have any problems and you're always the shit and you're gonna win over everybody else all the time and how taxing that can be on a on a person's psychology and how toxic that is as a culture
0: Mm. that's what the fucking show's about that's Kay. called putting it in a nutshell. <laughs> New nutshell. segment. Rob puts it in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> My favorite first YouTube comment kind of on any is like it? short film. Chestnut. <laughs> <over> <laughs> open up a fire. My favorite first comment on any like YouTube short film is like a comment that. And Inic- it like just overtly, explicitly explains what happened in the movie. <laughs> it's so fucking funny to me. I see them all the time.
0: Hey, some people don't have the time to watch that shit. They just need to skim some <laughs> Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, that's a good point, actually.
0: Also, you just said chestnut shell, <clears throat> which is what you just put it in. Yes. I had chestnut Kit Kats. Did I tell you about that? What?
1: Chestnut Kit Kats?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Was it everything you hoped it would be and more?
0: They were delicious. Yeah, it was great. Oh, shit. I've never had a
1: chestnut, dude. I want to have a chestnut Kit Kat.
0: Come on. I've never had a chestnut either, you know, but I've had a chestnut Kit Kat. We got to get, uh, we got to like make some money. I'll send Kevin some money so he can go buy some chestnuts in Queens.
1: Yes. And then just ship Kit-Kat. them overnight to us and we'll all No, eat I was going to say
0: eat them on the pod or
1: something. <laughs> just review them. <laughs> That'd be sure. Good. Yeah.
0: I mean, Kevin, I mean, he <laughs> eats a lot of things. I trust his palate. Although, also, I don't trust his palate. We need to. I need to get imaging for his uh, Kevin's culinary catastrophes. Like that. (laughs) That segment is get a sounder, dude. Jesus Christ! (laughs) But you know what? He's unafraid. He's courageous
1: in his pursuit. Exactly. Bizarre, because like you never know. I mean, shit. What if you You never know? Just wrote off some combination that was secretly
0: delicious. He's a pioneer. He's a, he's a pioneer. dude. He's a, he's, he's a Buzz, the Buzz Aldrin of waffles. Like fig preservatives <laughs> and caviar. What if it tasted amazing together? He would probably try it. Actually, that doesn't day. sound bad.
1: It kind of, uh, it's on like savory but sweet
0: kind of. You know, the little salty and the sweetness, dude, yep. that shit goes good. Yeah, damn. I accidentally came up with something kind of. Put that on a crostini, the little goat cheese.
1: Yeah, damn,
0: damn. Little goat schmied. That sounds good. <laughs> it sounds, out. dude, I'd fuck <laughs> with that.
1: have you ever had guests over and you're kind of done with them but you don't want to tell them to leave because you're afraid it'll be rude or maybe you're at a house party and you're kind of done with socially interacting with anybody or maybe you're at work and you're extremely busy but you really would like to take a long break well that's why we created the shit spritzer you can spend as much time as you want in the bathroom and even if people grow suspicious as soon as you open that door and they get that funky funky stench they'll know that you ate some taco bell if you order now, you'll also get the mud clinger. Pour that in the toilet to make sure it looks like you really had a nasty shit. Thanks for
3: listening.
1: It's the shit spritzer, formerly known as Face Breeze. Shit Spritzer. Alright, what was the movie that you were gonna talk about? Besides uh, the mini saints.
0: Stop flapping that at me. <laughs> I don't know. For the listening well, thing audience, they get so to much. you know. Yeah, exactly.
1: I'm flapping things at-, <laughs> at Colin for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> my what finger. I'm wagging my finger. Know. Oh, well now it's flapping a metal thing.
0: Well, I wanted to talk about the so we were talking about aliens. Yes. And the saga of aliens. And then the saga. The saga of aliens. One of the directors of one of the alien movies, the one that I was talking about, David Fincher. Yep. Also did Fight Club mm-hmm. seven hmm Well, he put out a new movie.
1: Oh, yeah. The Killer on Netflix, right? Did you watch it? I have not seen it. No. It didn't really grab my attention like something I would enjoy watching. But I could be wrong. I could
0: be very wrong. I, so this is where one of those things where I don't want to give it. Tell me about it. My opinion will affect how you see it. Hmm. That's
1: okay. You can, you can spoil it. You can just do it. I want to hear your opinion more than I want to see the movie.
0: Well, I'm not going to spoil it, better man than me. But I will say it was one of the best movies I've seen in a good while. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So have have I sent you my short the script of my short film? Yep. So you yeah. know how like it's kind of like that, but kind of I don't know, it's not quite there, but it's a step towards that. Oh, interesting. Of just okay. of just kind of like the simplicity. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But he is a he's a killer obviously
1: right. <laughs> yeah that's not a spoiler
0: <laughs> played yeah. by michael fassbender who does a great job uh i always enjoy him when he's when he's crushing it yeah speaking of it. the
1: alien franchise
0: yeah isn't for he beyond
1: yeah isn't he uh, the
0: android yep so fast bendy he's a, a killer <laughs> in this one and he's just pretty much it's like a, a realistic view into what it would like be like to be a serial killer. Oh, damn. I thought he was
1: like a contract killer.
0: Contract killer. I'm sorry, yes. Oh, is he? Okay, okay. Yes. No, you're correct. On more of a micro level than a macro level. And that's like- Interesting. Yeah, that's like the one thing in storytelling in Hollywood is a lot of the time they're doing it on a macro level. Like There's like big time jumps and like a lot of shit is happening and they have to condense it down and like Mm. move at a pace that doesn't really allow for character development. Like, I don't know when that happened exactly in movies, but, like, movies don't really have, like, moments where, like... I mean, I mean obviously, there are, there are A24 films. There are, like, yeah, yeah. Movie, movies in independent studios and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But the big movies, the ones that, like, make the most money and the ones that keep getting created because they're making money are the mm-hmm. ones that, like, don't often have these moments where, like, the character can breathe. And when the character can breathe... The person can connect with them because they appear more human and stuff. Right, and that's the reason the mini series is kind of better. Yeah, right. Because you can you can take the story and and examine the micro a little bit more and mesh it yeah.
1: together. Yeah, the limited series is essentially like the new film. You know what I mean? Well, they're better.
0: It's like it's it's just a better story. Yeah, like an eight-hour story. If you can do it, it's really well done. Yes, yes, it's kind of perfect. <laughs> It's like five acts or seven acts i don't know how <laughs> i don't it makes me feel good yeah this is just more of a micro lens into the life of a contract killer and i don't want to give away really anything but give it, all-
3: give it
0: all away so sorry Well, he's just like you know it's just showing like the day-to-day kind of at the start it's like one of the best like starts to a movie like first act where it's just like oh That's kind of, you know, like I can picture this and it seems like realistic and believable and also like crazy enough to where you like want to catch it on film.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, Okay.
0: You know, it's like one of those things. It just like I really enjoy a movie that can take something that is fantastical, like fantastic enough to put on screen and have a story about, but also make it realistic and like make it like logical,
1: like believable. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, I prefer a movie that um, it starts with a lot of narration about what the character's like and the world that they live in. And then they come out and maybe have like a long conversation with people they know about stuff that they all do and how their personalities are. That's how I like my movies to start.
0: Well, ironically, uh, this movie starts out and it's just a long narration. There's no dialogue in like the first like 10 to Maybe 15 minutes. But that makes sense, right? Because uh, he's a fucking, like, he's alone a lot, right? Yeah. No, it so ma- it, makes it, a lot it of works. Sense. It works. It's like exactly. his inner, inner monologue. Yeah. And it's just like, if you were sitting there alone all the time, maybe you'd be, like, writing a book or, like, <laughs> pretending you were being interviewed for the BBC or something, you know?
1: Yeah, and, you know, their serial killers, specifically, oftentimes are, like, raging narcissists you know they self-mythologize so there's some of that there possibly well is
0: a contract killer a serial killer that's the question right right yeah because you're still killing people serially (laughs) i mean so by i think by definition if you kill more than like whatever three people you're technically a serial killer see but in my brain It gets a little dicey there because
1: soldiers are perfectly legitimate. That's a perfectly legitimate career for somebody to have as a soldier. But, you know, a lot of soldiers have killed more than one person in a row, like a string of people in a row. And that's perfectly reasonable. Or a cop, you know. Plenty of cops have killed multiple people. But, oh, that's okay. But this guy gets paid to kill people. And now he's a fucking degenerate. It's So
0: hmm. you got to think about it like a soldier, you're assuming the people, if they're killing people, it's in a a position of self-defense. Wow. That's a pretty big leap. I'm just saying that's the assumption, right? Because typically most people aren't killing innocent. We we assume most soldiers aren't killing innocent people. Well, what you're saying is- That they know.
1: But see, here's the thing, because it's the only reason why it would be in self-defense a lot of times is because a war has been declared. Well, yeah. So because it's war, now the rules are different. It's a different situation. But see, on the streets in like mafia type shit, there's also a war. You know what I mean? It's just not a legitimate.
0: If a person war. is, yeah, I guess you're right. But if a person is shooting you, if a, per, I mean, you gotta assume that like a contract killer isn't going to be in a shootout with someone. Otherwise, They're not be trying bad, to. Be. Right. Otherwise, they'd be a bad contract killer. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, like, this, you know, a contract killer in this case is, like, doing things like poisoning people, shooting them from long Mm -hmm. distances. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, like, poking them with a poisonous pin on the train.
1: But then we have the CIA and, like, people doing that shit.
0: In Those are serial killers, too, in my opinion. (laughs)
1: Okay. If you
0: kill more than three people, I think you're, (laughs) by definition, a serial killer. The difference is that there's a level of... Of uh, self control yeah. that goes with contract killing because it's like you're not killing people because you want to. Whereas serial killers, there's like right, a need right. and there's a psychological, like, you know, tick. There's probably narcissism in both. I'd be interested to see it like yeah. the psychological profile of a contract killer versus a serial killer, like a typical, typical.
1: I almost feel like narcissism would be like psychologically necessary if you're a contract killer. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It'd be like a chicken and the egg type thing. Cause it's like, maybe you need to develop into a narcissist in order to like continue killing people,
0: you know? Well, so this is why you should watch this movie because, you know, he isn't a narcissist, not fully, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the thing is like people can exhibit narcissistic personality traits and not be a narcissist, you know? Uh, and, And there's degrees, you know, some people have it, you know, more in the red. Some people have it lower in the green, blue. Yeah. Or whatever our color scale is today. (laughs) But. I like that Yeah. Green, blue. Green, blue. That's a good color. But so he's not a full narcissist. So there is like a little bit of that eternal, uh, you know, monologue once again, that is being narrated at the start. I think I'm going to say I'm not 100% sure how I liked the ending. I want to watch the movie again.
1: Oh, it's a thinker.
0: Well, I just, I'm not sure if it got a little out of control. In the sense of like a Judd Apatow third act. <laughs> but yo, that's crazy. I think that, yeah, it either got a little out of control or I got tired. Both are possible. <laughs> Good, you funny. know, I'm old now. I'm getting up there in age, man. <laughs> I need a kidney transplant here soon. Get this man a kidney, you know? dude. We need to
1: bring somebody on the pod because shrooms, the spleen. We're going to need to bring a, a kidney onto the team. Well, a kidney
0: you. is necessary. That's true. That's true. You need at least one kidney. Yes. Yes. I mean, if, if shrooms the spleen, then what are we? <laughs> I don't want to think about that. I'm like the left knee. You're the heart. <laughs> nah, you're the heart,
1: bro. You're the no. pumping or the brain. I don't know. I'm the gut. Maybe, maybe I'm the heart. Maybe you're the brain and I'm the heart. You're the heart. I'm the gut. Gut brain. Poop makeup. You know, whenever you eat, you're just making poop, dude. You ever think about that? <laughs> I have a poop
0: factory. And just, everybody's <laughs> just a little poop factory running around making poop. What if, <clears throat> what if aliens were poop and they were getting us to make more and more aliens?
1: Oh, shit. And, and then we all... flush them and they like go to their home and they like, they're building an army.
0: Bro, that's God a damn. Bookmark that. One. That's the okay. next A24 movie right there. <laughs> it's like Goonies. It's Goonies 2, and it's just about <laughs> shit aliens.
1: <laughs> uh, I like the idea of taking a franchise, making a sequel, and just making it totally not the same genre or like theme or anything. Like Goonies 2. It's a rom com. <laughs> it's a rom com about poop aliens with Ben Stiller. Oh, God. <laughs> I like it. I saw a movie as well hold on hold on tell me hold on tell me said
0: hold on
3: oh (laughs) okay and now the nostalgia pit podcast proudly presents rob's reviews what is rob's reviews it's exactly that rob snow from the nostalgia pit is going to review something what's he going to review you ask how the hell should i know there is no way I could conceivably know. I'm a pre-recorded voice. That was a dumb question. And you should feel dumb for asking it. And now, Rob's reviews. Damn, I feel so
0: dumb now that I asked that question. You feel dumb. I'm jealous. How come you get a sounder? I can review stuff too. <laughs> That's true. You need
1: a you need a fucking sounder now. But it needs to be different. Like its own separate thing.
0: I could just do what he did with, uh, you know, shut the fuck up, Joe. (laughs) Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Just like Colin's reviews. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Kevin's reviews. You
1: should. You should. I watched Fargo. The movie? The movie.
0: Have you never seen it before?
1: No, I have, but a long time ago. So this is kind of a limited recall, too.
0: Oh, you I son guess. of a bitch. You made me play the wrong <laughs> sounder. <laughs> but my wife had not seen it, so she watched right, well. it the first time. Okay, so plugging in the Little Minute Recall sounder later, because I made a short version, so it's just the...
1: Limited, limited recall! Oh, yeah. I heard it in the last episode, I think.
0: Okay. I assume you don't listen, but that's all good. I actually
1: do, sir. Actually, well, I'm one of the dedicated listeners to our podcast. I got to make sure grateful, I didn't say dedicated. anything terrible. I like me, and so I've watched all. I'm up to date. Melanie hadn't seen Fargo. You haven't seen?
0: No, I said Fargo. Melanie hadn't seen it. Right? Is Melanie what you're had not seen
1: it. No, this is okay. her first time viewing it. But we were completely up to date, both of us, on Fargo, the show,
0: and it's the show in the fifth season now. Is the show? doesn't really tie in,
1: right? So that's what's so interesting about it. So it's an anthology series, so each season is a different cast of characters in a different time period. And so far, the, you know, traditionally the pattern is the first season takes place in the recent past or all the even se- or odd seasons take place in the distant past and then all of the even seasons take place in the more Wait, I thought the Billy Bob Thornton recent past in the odd seasons, distant past in the even seasons. Bam! That's the pattern. What did you say? Didn't,
0: didn't like in the Billy Bob Thornton one, isn't there like a tie-in to the movie?
1: So yes, there's a direct tie-in in the first season. Yeah. Okay. Because in the movie, this is not a spoiler, I don't think, <laughs> but if you've seen it, there is a scene where Steve Buscemi takes a, Suitcase full of money. That's a spoiler. And buries it in the snow and then sticks a You uh, could have just
0: said he buries something in the snow if you wanted to not spoiler it, but you No, just, I
1: think yeah. it's I don't think it's a spoiler technically. I don't think it really spoils any plot points. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a plot point, you're spoiling a fact. <laughs> well, I did spoil a fact with that one. So he buries something. You don't know what. what know, it, man. unless you watch it. <laughs> In the snow. And in the first season, somebody finds that little something in the first season of the show. And it has an
0: effect on the way the story is told. It starts to affect them. Okay. So the movie. Let's talk about the movie. Uh, Francis dude. McDormand, Steve Buscemi. Yes. yes. William H. Macy. What? William H. Macy. There we go. I was blanking on his name. One of my favorite I can't remember actors. the other
1: guy, but yeah, dude. William H. Macy is so fucking great. And Francis McDormand is so fucking great. Everybody in that is so fucking great. The cast is amazing. Peter Stromer. Is that the the big dude with the dopey hair? Yep. 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 Also, Francis McDormand. So there were themes that I did not pick up on the first viewing. Okay. Because I was younger and I just was less uh, cinema literate, I guess. I don't know. Cinema literate. Cinema literate. (laughs) But so this time I did catch him though. Like... There was the theme of like, and it was, it was very like, it honored the Midwest ethos because I'm from the Midwest originally. You know no. what I mean? There's a specific vibe really? from the white Midwest. Okay. A very specific mm-hmm. vibe. It's a desert. And ethos. Cold desert. <laughs> it's a cold ass desert. And uh, the Cohen brothers, I feel like really captured it, but like not in an insulting way. Like, in a way that sort of honors it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was really about, like, you know, being content with your life. Like, my wife made the comment that you could almost look down on Frances McDormand's, like, life with her husband. Because they're so basic and simple and, like, don't do anything. They're kind of
0: fuddy-duddies, you know, that would be the term for it. They're fuddy duddies. That's some that's some uh coastal elitist <laughs> mumbo jumbo that you're speaking. Those were happy people.
1: Exactly. But that's the thing. They're
0: happy people. They were. They weren't
1: asking for anything else. They weren't like reaching for the fucking stars. Like her husband when uh gets like third place in an art contest. Yeah. Her his like mallard is on the three yep. cent stamp. And you know what? He's content with that. Yeah. And she's proud of him for it. Yeah. They are not looking to be fucking, you know, influencers or like they don't want to be they ju- they're just happy with their little family and yeah. Versus William H. Macy who has all these aspirations yep. and the rich dad and yep. and the
0: criminals father-in-law like, technically. The
1: the father-in-law, right? And the two criminals who are like looking to get fucked and get, get high and just all this shit. You know what I mean?
0: Anyway, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say it's a really good representation of, uh, marital roles and the reversal of like gender normativity. True. And it's like not done in like an over the top way or anything like that. It's like really like, you don't think about it that much because it feels so normal on screen. Yeah, man. That's a really good point. Yeah. She's like the breadwinner. He's like Mm -hmm. the artist. Mm -hmm. Like he cooks, you know, she goes to work and she's a detective Mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, totally chill. And also another subversion
1: of, Oh, that's fucking great. I didn't really like think of that, but that's true. Cause there's the subversion of the patriarchy there. Yep. And then there's the subversion of the patriarchy that she's the chief and her underling is the dude, like, the the man. And he doesn't really know what he's doing. He can't competently do the police work. You know, she has to kind of, like, hold his hand through it a little bit. Brilliant. Yeah. Didn't really think about that. Yep. But that's also, so there's so many times the show mirrors the movie, too, because in the first season, the woman is the temporary chief, because the last chief died or retired or something, and then... Basically, the role who was the deputy in the movie is Bob Odenkirk in the show. And he ends up getting promoted to chief over her. So there's a subversion, there's a mirror, but it's like subverted. You know what I'm saying? Like the subversion Mm. of the patriarchy in the movie is subverted again in the show. Mm. It's kind of interesting.
0: Anyway, I like that. I was just going to, I also love the just the accents in that movie and how old Margie. (laughs) Yep. You know. (laughs) Like just everyone like William H. Macy, they all speak it so well. Yes. Nail it on the nail it on the head, hammer it on the nose. Uh, whatever these things are.
1: <laughs> no, that's it. Sounds. Hammer it on the nose, <coughs> yeah. <laughs> Punch <laughs> it in the dick. Punch uh, it in the ball sack. Uh, The British actor, I can't remember his name right now, in the first season. Fuck. First season. What is his name? Oh, Martin Freeman. Oh yeah. Martin Freeman, dude, he did such a good Minnesotan accent. Like, I believed it. Oh, you're talking about the show now? That was really good. Like, if you didn't know he was British, you almost wouldn't even know.
0: Talk about the show, right?
1: Yeah, the show. Yeah. Because the show is phenomenal. I don't know who Noah Hawley is, but he, like, the Coen brothers trusted their shit with him. And he has just very faithfully produced in-universe content in the Fargo mm. universe. Like, they're all connected. And it's- yeah. Amazing. So the latest season has a very, very, a series of very specific references to the movie. And also, subversions. I'm not really going to spoil it. So I'm not going to talk about it. But there are some- Don't spoil it. Legitimately one-to-one references in the new series that subverts the movie and how those things, those events transpired in the movie. And it's very meaningful and it's good. Noah Holly's killing it. Anyway, but the Cohen Brothers. Amazing, man. They do not miss. And Steve Buscemi is such a like nerdy guy. Like I I've only I recognize him from, you know, Billy Madison or that movie. I think it was called like a, a Ghost World, maybe or something. It was like based on like a underground comic book. But anyway, Steve Buscemi was in it. He played like a ner- like an awkward, nerdy guy. But he is such a good, like, dirtbag criminal, though. And also, it was giving me strong Rick Chan- Sanchez vibes. Like, I wonder if if the character of Rick Sanchez was in any way influenced by that character. Because he's like, he literally says Jerry all the time, even. There's a character named Jerry. He's like, look, Jerry, I'm not going to mess around with your money, Jerry. You know what I mean? Like, he kept saying it. He just had the same, similar kind of vibe.
0: Hmm. What do you think about that, dude? Never would have uh, noticed any Rick and Morty references. <laughs> uh, but that's, yeah, that's, I'm not saying that's out of the ballpark. Yeah, hey, you never know. Hey, you never know. You don't know. But yeah,
1: he was amazing as that character. And then it's hilarious mm-hmm. too, because he's this windbag. He just keeps talking and talking. And he's angry yep. at the other guy for being so silent all the time. Yep. And then towards the end, he wants to split up the money. And he and the guy's like, well, we're going to split the car, too. The car comes in the deal. And Steve Buscemi's, like, so mad about it. And as he's walking out the door, he's like, I've had to listen to your bullshit for the last four weeks. <laughs> it's, like, so hilarious. Because, like, not an hour and a half earlier, he was like, why don't you ever fucking talk? All I do is talk and you never answer me.
0: It's very funny. Very funny character quirk. I mean, those dudes were quirky as fuck. And then you have, obviously, the amazing log chipper scene
1: oh my god dude <laughs> melanie lost their mind at that shit
0: yeah yeah she's like, I oh, like watching oh no
1: oh my god no because <laughs> there's just it's the drenched fucking snow just wet yeah. red
0: it's like that's one of those things again where it's like super graphic and also like feels so much more real than your typical like movie like yeah it's grounded if for instance, if that was John Carpenter doing that scene, you'd see like a camera like close to like the blood spraying, you know. And then yeah. just like some like I don't know, some more shots cutting in and out of it, I don't know. Did I say John Carpenter? You did say
1: John Carpenter.
0: What did you I mean, mean that works too. I mean That works uh, too.
1: James- he did some over the top shit.
0: Yeah. I and mean, it would be more horror movie vibes. Uh I was thinking James Cameron.
1: <clears throat> oh god. Ugh, I don't even want to think about that.
0: What a terrible movie. Fargo,
1: directed by pretty much anyone else, I feel like would be such a bland. There were a lot of movies coming out. Well, there's always movies coming out that are bland, but I feel like there were a lot of movies in the 90s that I was just like, oh my God, that looks so fucking boring. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Fargo, not one of them. Fargo could seem boring, but it's been one of my favorite movies. It's been on like my top five for a long time.
1: The Coen brothers are very good at creating mythology like mythological characters and scenarios they they have the ability to take the ordinary and make it mythological and epic yeah and for that i will love them forever and they they have the most vibrant characters in all their movies like barton fink dude some of the most brightest craziest characters that you'll never forget
0: i mean the big lebowski
1: the big lebowski a prime example right there or, oh, brother, where art thou? Full of amazing, and that's literally mythology.
0: Yeah, no country for old men. I mean, no Josh Brolin, old, and, yeah. and, and like, he doesn't say that much, Mm-mm. you know? But he, he, his character exudes. But there's a reason he doesn't
1: say very much. He's the fucking cowboy. He's the fucking uh, Clint Eastwood, you know what I mean? He's the, he's the man of the South, like the Marlboro man, you know what I'm saying? Marlboro. And then he gets fucking killed. Spoiler alert. I don't even know why I said that. I just have the need <laughs> internally to spoil stuff. Okay, I wasn't Troy. even going to bring up a point about it. I just wanted to say
0: that. Have you ever been on a, a OSC episode where... like, Troy used to do this a lot. He, haven't, he hasn't done it in a good while, but he used to be like, spoiler alert, they're dead. <laughs> just be like, dude, it's so crass. That's like, oh, fucking- no. Like... <laughs> Uh, But that's that's definitely one of my favorite OSC things I've ever heard Spoiler alert, they're dead It's like, oh, that's horrible (laughs) Also amazing Brutal 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 So So The Pacific Northwest has a lot of these I don't know if they're in many other places in the country But I see them all over the Pacific Northwest Serial killers That too (laughs) Serial killers Is there a correlation between serial killers and bikini barista stands? (laughs) you know what it's all liberalism and degeneracy exactly (laughs) so bikini barista stands you know you see them they're all over everett oh i've seen i see them they're they're all over portland oh yeah they're all over aurora drive or aurora avenue i don't know if what i've gotten some
1: titty coffees
0: before you've gotten a titty coffee yeah i've seen vagina absolutely did i tell you the story about did we talk about it on the podcast about uh, the guy who was not paying his rent? I don't think so. Okay, so I will leave names out. Okay. You know, and apologize, audience, if you remember me telling you this story. Can we call him Eugene? Okay, so Eugene. <laughs> Eugene was collecting, he was the conduit for the rent through the rental company, okay? Okay. And Eugene was collecting the rent from all the roommates. So, you know, lived with probably like four or five other people. And so Eugene was getting, you know, like $2,000, 2500 you know, probably 3000 bucks you know, Seattle area. Yeah. So good amount of money, maybe even, you know, $4,000, 6000 It's be. very possible, depending possible. on what part of the city they were living in. They were not delivering the money to the property company, and the roommates found out because they got a, a notice of potential eviction. Oh, shit. And it turned out that this person had not been paying the rent for like four to six months or something like oh, that. Oh, shit. Oh, no. And what were they spending it on, you might ask? And also, you might notice that this is very similar to the plot of Grandma's Boy. Wait. But- um, Was
1: he donating the money to a cancer research project? No. Okay. Okay. That was my first guess, but- <laughs> My first guess.
0: What was he actually well, on Uh Well, he was- not unlike in Grandma's Boy, when he's spending the money on, I think he specifies Vietnamese prostitutes. Mm. <clears throat> think I apologize if I am off on that fact,
1: dude. If you get a fucking Grandma's ah! Boy fact
0: wrong, bro. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he was spending the money on women. Oh. On prostitutes. Oh, that's lovely. On sex workers. It's beautiful. Ladies of the night.
1: Ladies of the night. But they weren't
0: ladies of the night in the typical sense where like, you know, once again, you drive down to Aurora, you might see some some ladies standing on the side of the road. You might mm-hmm. go on to a, uh, a, a, an escort service website. I don't know exactly how you do it. Mm-hmm. The point is, it wasn't like that. He was going to the bikini barista stands. Eugene. Oh. was going to the bikini barista stands so much that he was spending all that money on... Titty coffee, as you called it earlier. And the titty coffee, apparently they would put up the closed sign when he would come by, and they would bring him into the cart and, oh. then, do, and then give him the, you know, some the extra foamy latte, toppy. so to speak. Ooh,
3: extra foamy latte. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But he's,
0: he was spending yes. th- thousands of dollars on women at some of these places. That
1: is called an addiction. And that man needed support or to communicate something that he was unable
0: to articulate. This is, yeah. One of those things, Eugene, you know, if you're out there and you're listening, you happen to be listening to us. The fact is that maybe you should have communicated the kink. Yes. And... Got a job that got you more money, potentially, (laughs) because you can't take people's money without communicating with it. Yes. If you're going to do that, do that from a corporation, okay?
1: Yes, embezzle from a for-profit, yes, enterprise.
0: Yep. Or just break into Walmart and just take things off the shelf and then sell them on Amazon. That happens all the time.
1: Yeah, or like Israel Keys, just rob some banks.
0: Yeah. Portland, uh, for a good while, bank robbing capital of the country. That's that liberalism and degeneracy has nothing to do with the
1: police. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I'm starting to think—and correct me if I'm wrong—what that the Portland Police Department isn't that great. What are you talking about? No, I'm sorry, man.
0: I no, you're. What is this conjecture? I don't know. I'm. I apologize. You know who the police chief is, right? I think we've talked about this on the pod. Simon Cowell himself. No, the police chief is also the mayor.
1: Oh, right. Because we
0: have an (laughs) archaic law where the police chief can just choose to be the mayor, or the mayor can just choose to be the police chief. Like, what a fucking
1: Neil Breen move. Like, you fucking, you're a, (laughs) like, chief of police isn't a vanity plate. Like, dude. (laughs) Well, it's an extra,
0: you know, six figures. (laughs) What a fucking asshole. Some shit like that. But
1: you know, like, fuck the police and fuck the police chief, but uh, it's just complicated. But don't
0: fuck the mayor, okay?
1: <laughs> don't fuck the mayor, though. We need the He'll mayor. He'll give you
0: an STD. <laughs> he gets around. That's <laughs> all He's I hear. He's
1: been heard. going to too many titty coffee shops.
0: Titty coffee shops. But okay, the whole reason I brought up titty coffee is because, you know, it's, it's a well-established business model, oh, you know, right. as, we, as we've seen. Well, I was doing a delivery route the other day for my sushi job, which I quit. <laughs> I, love <that. laughs> I love that. I love the job. It a Sushi job.
1: Well,
0: I, I'm not working there anymore. I got one more shift and I'm done.
1: Uh, did you quit because you didn't like it or did you quit because they were like, you're not delivering this sushi very well, sir?
0: No, I was doing great, but it just didn't <laughs> pay me enough and I got more money in a different place. Oh, nice. That's what you got at though. No, I told them, throw. I was like, hey, I'm working for this producer, you know what I mean. I'm gonna be a producer on this TV show, and it's gonna be paying big bucks. <laughs> I'm gonna be a producer, big bucks. Let me say gabagool, <laughs> you know, lots of gabagool, <laughs> lots of mozzarella. Oi! <laughs> so I was doing, uh, I was doing the routes, and I was coming back. I was on a street that I was familiar with, but hadn't been on in a couple of years because mm-hmm. I hadn't been up in that district. Mm-hmm. And I drove by a local tavern, mm-hmm. and this local tavern had large banners outside on the wall and it was advertising a little special something a new promotion <laughs> okay and that was bikini breakfast
1: <laughs> bikini
0: what? brunch yeah that's right what does that
1: even mean though
0: it means boobs and breakfast boobs and eggs what do the fucking where do the boobs go
1: like they just oh the servers are just in bikinis
0: yeah. No, oh, you come okay. in in a bikini and you get a free breakfast. That's what that means. <laughs> Any man in here with the
1: thong is getting 30% off.
0: <laughs> I
1: want to see some cheeks. That's cool as fuck, dude. I want to see some boobies when I'm eating my, my eggies. Come on, man. I want some French toast. <laughs> That's fair, dude. <laughs> I don't see why you can't have that. <laughs> it's very reasonable.
0: <laughs> you're like okay, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no nope, want that some scrambled eggs and butthole, dude. Yeah, how you're like? You walk in and you're just like, how close in proximity can I get your butthole to my scrambled eggs? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I just want to look at it while I'm eating real
0: <laughs> close. <laughs> <laughs> mm! <laughs> yep, bikini brunch. So Interesting. Well, there you go. Yeah, they closed the Hooters in Portland recently, and so now there's a, there a hole to fill, so <laughs> You speak. know, is there, though? <laughs> I, it
1: stands to reason if Hooters <laughs> failed, it failed for a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do you, you know, maybe you know, that's drove, not a market that you need to be filling.
0: You know when you drove south and, you know, from the north side of Portland into Portland, you, always, you go over the bridge, mm-hmm. um, over the Columbia River, and the first big sign is the Hooters sign.
2: Oh.
3: It's like, welcome oh. to Oregon,
0: essentially. It's like a big old Hooters sign. Hooters. It's no longer there. Now it says, well, uh, JB's Chicken Palace. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Palace of Chicken. You know about the, the Chicken Palace? I've heard about it. You've heard about it? Is this I've a never chain?
1: Been no, I don't think so. I think it's just in Portland. I think
0: you you've heard about it. How have you heard about it?
1: Dude, I hear about all sorts of shit.
0: People calling you up telling you about the chicken <laughs> palaces in Portland, like, motherfucker, Dude, check this shit out. My hotline gets some pretty crazy tips. <laughs> Next time you're in Nashville, <laughs> you should check out this spot if you like hotcakes, man. This is <laughs> about the best hotcakes in town. Don't get their sausage though. <laughs> it's 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 vegan. You don't want it. <laughs> you know there's this place Bayside
1: grill i think it's called in everett and it's all vegan food but they do like drippy cholesterol-y kind of bar food yep so you would think like how are they gonna do that well you know oh, they, all the no, cheese you can do it well. and the grease and, but dude they fucking kill it that shit is great
0: have you ever had cashew cheese before that shit's so good you ever had cashew cheese man you ever had cheese straight <laughs> yeah. from a cashew's ass <laughs>
1: You ever had cheese
0: from a cashew's (laughs) ass, man?
1: (laughs) Another tip that came into the hotline, dude. I was like, whoa. (laughs) I've never had cashew. Well, you know what? I might have now. Now that I
0: ate at Bayside Cafe or Grill or whatever it's called. There's a really good uh, vegan breakfast spot here in town that I can take you to if you want. And then you could get. I wanna go. I wanna go. I wanna go here. I want to go here, not here. I want to go
3: here and eat some vegan fast food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they also have a vegan burger place that, you know, is really good. Also, mm-hmm. cauliflower chicken wings are the best. They're good as fuck, dude. I
1: don't know. Maybe I'm being crazy. They're okay. No, no they're, they're really good. They're pretty good. They're really good. They're good. They're good. What? Yep. They are. Yep. Yep. It's Bayside Cafe, by the way.
0: So go to Bayside Cafe, you know what I mean? If you're ever in Everett, Washington, and you happen to want some vegan food, go to Bayside Cafe. Now we're cutting all this. This is a plug. You didn't pay us, <laughs> dude. I kind of want Bayside Cafe right now, dude.
1: <laughs> Fucking looks pretty good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's called podcasting, right there. <laughs>
2: Chilly like icy rain So I let my nuts hang I keep true and blue Just like the seas And like my name was Aang Use the elements to balance cheese Could've been a 60 stamina, Swimming upstream Instead I'm Kevin a singer Singing upstream Pods that's housing the peas And I feel so at ease When I put the burning bush in the breeze Leaf and stone, flesh and bone The only thing I've ever known If I was ever poisoned You holding the antidote and so I'll never know Secrets you're holding deep than diamonds go and gold Thank you for having me here to hold Yo, I wanna thank you, I gotta thank you For everything I've been through It's true qualities that have guided me And followed me that always stay true I learned organically and holistically From your majesty to make moves Got a sky, yeah, my love's here for you And anything you ask of me, I will do Ooh. I love all the stars in the sky, I don't know why I was born here to just get high Out of all the drugs I've tried It was just these three that have really changed my mind It was DMT and DHC And of course my faves on the side Holy Trinity of treats uh, made for uh, me To uh, try with uh, the time our rooms take some shrooms, have a waltz in the woods, grab some backwoods. We can go down to the beach, smoke some weed, and stare up at the moon. Don't you assume I keep a piece of the piece that will keep me a piece and in tune? Birds in the bees, the sand of the seas, the flames of the trees, the breeze, the monsoons, leaf and stone, brush and bone. The only thing I've ever known if I was ever poisoned. You holding the antidote, you so I'll never know. Secrets you're holding deeper than diamonds go. Amethyst and gold, thank you for having me here to hold. I wanna thank you, I gotta thank you for everything I've been through It's your qualities that have guided me and followed me that always stay true I learned organically and holistically from your majesty to make moves Got a sky, yeah, my love's here for you And anything you ask of me, I will do, I love all the stars in the sky, I don't know why I was born here to just get high Out of all the drugs I've tried, it was just these three that have really changed my mind It was DMT and THC and of course my faves of the side Holy trinity of treats you made for me To try when the time is right